Are you ready? Yes. I'll give you plenty of time now to get ready. All right, well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word because it is powerful. It is alive. And it is capable of changing lives. We believe that. And Lord God, all that is necessary now is for us to have ears to hear what you have to tell us. And we endeavor to receive it and then also to put it into practice in our daily lives for the purpose of giving you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 The title of my message is uh, Living Outside the Box. Or you can call it No Limits. I think this is a little bit too high. How about if I put it here? Is that better? Okay. Okay. Can you still hear me? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, we, we know that God has no limits, right? Uh, we, we limit it. You know, we have, uh, <laughs> you know, we have the, 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 the possible, we have gravity to deal with, we have time to deal with. God doesn't have to bother with it. No, even though uh, he, you know, he created time, he created gravity, but he's not limited by those things. Right. Amen? He created the sun, the moon, and the stars, but you remember when Joshua needed some extra time yeah. to win a battle? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he had no power to stop the sun in his course, but God did. Yeah. So God is not limited even by his own creation. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. This thing keeps on... Can you help me, sir? Well, I didn't want you to leave, but... <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Well, we'll continue. And then, uh, uh, by the way, I want to greet... Uh, the, the brothers and sisters that are watching, uh, you know, streaming online or, or watching this uh, program, uh, I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. There will be something that will, uh, you know, resonate in your heart tonight. Amen? So uh, hang, hang, hang loose with me, okay? Amen. Uh, now, have you ever encountered situations where you feel you were kind of boxed in and you, you didn't have a solution, you didn't have a... Uh, any idea of how getting out of it could be financial, could be, um, you know, emotional, could be relational, and, and you just don't know how to get out. You feel like you're kind of in a rut. Amen? Anybody ever felt that way? Yes. Amen. Well, we all do occasionally. Maybe it's not something happening right now, but sooner or later we, we can uh, put up, we put ourselves in situations or circumstances like namely the COVID, okay? The COVID put a damper on, the, on a lot of Christian uh, lives. Yes. Amen? The past two years, right? right? But see, it doesn't have to, and it shouldn't. Nothing, absolutely nothing, should confine us or limit us or limit the things that we can do. Uh, how many of you know that God has not retired? How many of you know that his promises are yea and amen? That means it's not like the carton of milk that you buy at Kroger's that has an expiration date. When he makes a promise, it's going to happen. It may take a while. Ask Caleb. You know, take him like, I think, 44 years for the old guy. You know, he was a bona fide AARP member, (laughs) but, but, but he remembered the promise that God made him and he knew that promise could not expire. So even at 84 years old, he said, hey, hey, I want my mountain. Amen? So any parenthesis, and I believe there's been a parenthesis 
that's just about to close as far as this COVID. And not only do I believe that we will survive this, but I believe that we will be better when this is all said and done than we were before. Yes. Most of the churches that we work, yes, most of the church, yeah, give the Lord a hand, and don't hesitate. <laughs> but most of the church we work with, the reports have been excellent, okay? Uh, financially, most of the churches have done better during the COVID than they did before. Wow. Amen? Well, that's pretty cool. Only God can do that. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So I believe, and I believe that the greatest revival this world has ever seen is just about to happen. Okay? Amen? Praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. Uh, come with me to Psalm 78 and verse uh, 41. 78 verse 41. Uh, where they said, yes, again, and again they tempted God. How many of you know it's not a good idea to tempt God? And listen to this. They limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy, when he worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zion. See, when we're going through something that we had not, we haven't prepared for, we didn't anticipate, and we kind of at a loss, first thing we need to do is remember the times that God brought us out of situations in the past. Yes. See, they didn't remember what God had done for them. And because of that, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Come on. Well, you know, the consequences are pretty severe, I would say. If you have to spend 40 years in what I should have been like two or three weeks yeah. from... From the Red Sea to the Promised Land was about two and a half, three weeks maximum. They ended up spending 40 years in the wilderness for one reason. They limited the Holy One of Israel. I don't know about you. I do not want to limit the Holy One of Israel. Amen. Amen. We're not like going to let the COVID or anything keep us from doing what God has called us to do. Amen. You know, sometimes... Uh, how many have ever gone through difficult situations? Sure. I'm sure we all, we all have. Yeah. You know, there's different degrees. Some of them are pretty major. You know, if you lose somebody that's very dear to you, uh, that's, a, that's a hard road to travel. Yes. Amen? Yes. But that event, as hard as it is, as sad as it is, should not define you or cause you to stop there. Because if you allow it, you will put yourself in a box. You just put somebody in a box at the cemetery, but you put yourself in a box at the same time if you cannot move on from that point on. Right. Amen. Yes. Amen. Now, that, that, that's not dishonoring uh, the person that died. It's just obeying God and not limiting the Holy One of Israel. Right. Amen. Right. How, about, how about a divorce? You know, I mean, people, people divorce. Situations happen. Okay, well, not, just because you're a divorcee, that is not your new identity. Right. That is, you know, that's what you, 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 the box that you check on the questionnaire at the doctor's office, you know, you may put that, but that's not who you are. 
that's what you went through, but that's not who you are. You are a new creation in Christ. Yes. That's who you are. Amen? So that doesn't change. Praise God. Yes. How about betrayals? You know, there's people that came after betrayal, they say, that's it. I don't trust anybody anymore, and I never will again. Well, just put yourself in a box. Right. Amen. Amen. Tonight we're going to come out of the box. Come on. We're going to come out of the box, I tell you. You know, I, we're familiar with, with uh, Madagascar uh, where, where, you know, people uh, have been put in a box. Like I, I was mentioning earlier, uh, they, they've, they've been so used to being uh, like the women in Madagascar, almost treated the same as the ones in uh, Muslim countries. They're just second-rate citizens. We've been working for six years with Ayn, the lady that, that is responsible, to get that mindset off of her. And I think finally now, the last year, she's come out of that. She's not the little, you know, little Madagascar girl, you know, that, that she, they can step all over. No, and that's it. In fact, not too long ago, I asked her, I said, who are you? I, I mean, you don't recognize from the way she was, but that's... See, we, we allow ourselves to be put, to be confined in a box. And we shouldn't. Never be put in a box. Right. Amen? Yeah. Praise God. Uh, Haiti, my goodness, Haiti is, is one of uh, the worst countries in the world. Do uh, you know that Haiti has received more finances from America than all the African nations put together? And yet, go, go to Haiti, and there's, there's nothing to write home about. I mean, there's nothing there. You wonder what happened to all that money that was spent there. And primarily, it's because that's the way it is. We, we, we just uh, are dependent on other countries, on other people, to take care of us. We are victims. Well, that's putting yourself in a box. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Never allow yourself to become a victim. Amen. Even Jesus wouldn't allow death to hold him. Jesus couldn't be held in a box or a cave. Amen. Praise God. Come with me to John 5 and verse 4 through 6. John 5 and uh, starting in verse uh, 4. This is a pretty uh, cool story. Let's start in verse 3. In these days, in these, that means uh, the pools, a great multitude, oh, the, the, these, uh, there was a, uh, what do you call that, porches, and in those porches, people would, would gather uh, and uh, to wait, wait for something. It says that a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, were, were there waiting for the moving of the water. Okay. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, it was almost like a lottery, right? Uh, whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. You talk about somebody in a box. 38 years. Now, when Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that he had already been there, been in that condition a long time, he said to him, he asked him a question, he says, do you want 
to be made well. This was not a trick question. What would you answer? If Jesus walked in here and you're sick and, and you, you spend all your money on, on the, uh, the doctor and, and if Jesus asked you the question, do you want to be made well, what would the answer be? Yes. You wouldn't have to, you know, uh, make an appointment for next week. Uh, you would give him a straight answer. Yes, yeah, right now. Right? Yes. Now listen to what this man says. It's very interesting. He says... The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. You know, sometimes we are really strange ducks sometimes. <laughs> I mean, all he had to say is, Oh, I want to be healed. See, he had already predetermined the way by which he was going to get healed. Can I give you a little word of advice? Do not dictate to God how right. he's going to heal you. Right. That's good. You know, some people, they wait for some inter, uh, renowned evangelist to come to town to get their healing. That's called limiting the Holy One of Israel. Yeah. You know, he may have a solution as, as simple as going to make an appointment with your doctor. God is not against doctors. But just ask him, okay, I want to get healed. That's all I know. I'll let you pick the way that right. you want to heal me. Right. We don't choose the way. We, all we want is to get out of that box of physical infirmity. Right on. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. So anyway, Jesus tells him, uh, you know, just, just, just be quiet and uh, rise, take up your bed and walk. Amen. End of story. Praise God. But, you know, physical, physical infirmities can really put a damper on our life. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like these, uh, uh, you know, veterans that have been shot up in Vietnam or in, uh, in uh, Iraq or some other war. And uh, some of them have no legs. I mean, from, from, from the, the knee down, they have no legs. But they decide not to be limited by the infirmity. Come on. They got a prosthesis. Some of them, my goodness, they're playing basketball. They, they're going downhill on, on the, uh, uh, what do you call that, uh, 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 snowboards. I couldn't do what they do, and I got two good legs. But see, that to me, those are real heroes. They did not allow a, you know, a terrible event to determine what their life was going to be from that moment on. Amen? Amen? So, and, and most of them are not even Christians. Amen? Amen. We should, we should uh, take notice of, of things like that. Amen? I like Bartimaeus. Uh, he was, he, from, from all... Our records, uh, Bartimaeus was blind from birth. But see, there was a time, uh, you know, he knew he had been in the box. But there came a time when he saw Jesus from afar off. Or he didn't see him because he was blind. But he knew it was Jesus coming, coming nearby. He just did whatever he could because he was determined to come out of blindness. Yes. And he cried out, Jesus, 
son of David, have mercy on me. And then they told him, hey, 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 shut up, you know, be quiet. You can't, you can't, Jesus has a, he's going to have a meeting, so you don't bother him. He said, and he said, why don't you mind your own business? I don't know what he told him, but anyway, he kept, kept on crying. And you know what? Jesus stopped. Still, Jesus was walking in one direction. He stopped when he heard Bartimaeus calling out to him. I tell you, when Jesus hears the voice of somebody that is determined to come out of their box, he will stop and get you out. He will. He will. He will. Praise God. Now, there's all kinds of uh, boxes. There's one here uh, that you can look up in, in um, Mark 7.13, and that's uh, uh, Traditions. You know, we, we listen, we, we be charismatic, right? Okay? So we think, oh, well, we, we be free. Well, we are, but we have traditions. Uh, but, you know, if, if we hold on to tradition, usually it's because we think they're good. But I tell you, any tradition that keeps us from uh, fully exercising our rights and privileges of Christian men and women, I tell you, those traditions we need to kick to the curb. Right. See, the Pharisees had traditions that were so strong, they were so attached to them, that Jesus had to tell them, you make, by your traditions, you made the, make the word of God of no effect. Well, that's not good. That's not good. See, then you limit the Holy One of Israel. We don't want to do that. Say it. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I mean, God, let it rip. You know, whatever you have for me, I want you to give it to me. I don't want to limit you. Praise God. Now, another way for the devil to limit us is, uh, uh, you know, our social, racial, uh, you know, he creates a, a racial or social or financial box, and he wants to keep us right there. You know, there are people that never think they can get out of assisted living or being dependent on whatever, you know, the government's uh, support. Well, you know, that's a box that we need to break out of. Do you understand? You know, we cannot have any, you have no idea, that the word even says it, eye has not seen, ears not heard, banker has never even imagine how much money God can bring to you if you stay, don't stay in your box. Amen. This is paraphrase, okay? You have no idea what God can do, but as long as you accept to be confined to a certain social box, or say, well, I was born on the wrong side of the track. I, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> huh? Who determines what's the right and the wrong side of the track? Amen. And if you're on the wrong side of the track, why don't you make it the good side of the track? <laughs> Somebody has to start somewhere, sometime. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ooh, I, li- I like the widow of Zarepta. Now, uh, there's something interesting about her story. Yeah, are you all familiar with that? The one that Elijah was, uh, yes. yeah, Elijah was sent to. Uh, when when uh, Elijah meets her, she does not say that she's a widow. There's a reason for that. Because if she had said it, 
that already would have put a, uh, you know, it would have conditioned the whole event. Yeah. You know, uh, Elijah knows that. God knows it. But she's not volunteering that information. She just happens to be somebody that is fixing the last meal for her and her son. That's it. Don't give the devil more ammunition than he already has against you. Don't volunteer anything that he can use, because he will. Everything you say can and will be used against you. So, no, she doesn't say anything. She just says, well, she's stating the fact. I'm fixing one meal for me and my son, and then we die. All right? But guess what? She obeyed God. You know how she came out of her box? Her financial predicament? She gave out of her need. Yes. And guess what? I don't know how the, all the other people fared during the famine, but she did pretty well. Yes, she did. She did not lack anything at all. Now, how did that start? She decided she will not be confined to her present situation. See, you have to want to come out of that box. Yes, you do. Yeah. I'm going to give you some bad news. God will not take you out of the box that you put yourself in. Come on. Somehow, you have to kind of, it's almost like when Jesus says, knock. You know, I'm standing at the door. Well, he's standing over the box. And he says, once you knock, and I will open the lid. But he will not open the lid without you knocking and asking. Come on. Wow, that was for somebody. Probably nobody here, but probably somebody online, I guess. (laughs) What's another box? Low self-esteem. Yes. You know, we are new creations in Christ. And the Bible says that all things, whatever defined us before we met Christ, all of that has totally been transformed. We were in darkness, now we're in light. We were nothing to write home about, and now we're a child of God. Now we're the apple of his eye. Hello? He chose us. How many of you find it cool? We we know where we came. Do you know, do you remember where you came from? We remember, Joseph and I, we remember where we come from. Oh my gosh. Anyway, sure don't want to get returned there. But but it's kind of good to know where you came from to determine how far God has brought you. Uh That's good. good Amen? And, you know, but we need to want to. We need to first realize if we we have a low self-esteem, you know, I'm like you. When I get up in the morning and I look in the mirror, Listen, I'm, I don't go, wow, what a good-looking dude. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm listening to, uh, to David who says, oh, I'm wonderfully and, and uh, 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 fearfully made. I say, well, good for you, buddy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, 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 don't have the, I, I don't have that, you know, that, that uh, courage to say that. I say, oh, my gosh, you need help. Well, maybe a shower, combing your hair, brushing your teeth. Maybe it'll improve you a little bit anyway. <laughs> See, uh, w- with your pastor, we, we talked about that tonight. It used to be when, when we met, 
we were both young and good looking. Now we're just good looking anymore. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> Praise God. But I mean, it's all, it's, it's all, what mirror do we look in? If we look yes. in the mirror of our own estimation, Boy, I tell you, uh, the devil has a way to put a screen between you and the reality that will totally distort your image and the, how you perceive yourself. There's a mirror right here. Oh, no. Now, that one is about as accurate as it, it can ever be. That's right. See what Jesus says about you. That's right. Read about you in the book. See what Jesus paid for you. If you have any doubt about your value and your worth, find out the price that Jesus paid for you. Come on. You'll get a better idea of what you're worth. Come on now. It's not based on your accomplishments, not based on your success in life, or how much money you have in the bank. It's based on what he paid for you. There you go. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You, you have great value. Tell the person next to you. And don't stop. I want you to say it sincerely. You have great value. If you're watching online, I don't care what you're going through. You have great value. Yes. Don't let the devil tell you anything else. You right. have incredible value. Try to, try to give me an idea of what one blood, one single blood from Jesus' body would be worth on today's market. If you can give me that amount, then you'll know approximately how much you're worth. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, come with me to Matthew 9.29. Hallelujah. How are we doing on time? How are we doing okay? Are you getting something out of this? Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, so, let's read, uh, starting in verse 28. When he had come into the house, this is Jesus... The blind man came to him, came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Now, what was their box? They were blind. They had been blind. And they said to him, Yes, Lord. See, they had to agree. They believed that Jesus could, and Jesus says to them, According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Now, this is very important. I believe that the days of relying on somebody else's faith Come on. are over. Come on now. Yeah. He tells them, your faith Come on. has made you whole. This is a time to learn to walk by faith and not by sight anymore. Right. Because if you have noticed... All, everything that you see now with a natural eye, there's not too much to write home about. Right? So it is a great time to start walking by faith. Begin to see things, events, and yourself like God sees you in the events. Amen? It's called walking by faith. Amen? Say, I have faith. Like a mustard seed. And I will plant that faith. And I will use it in my life. And then watch what God will do. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, it's the greatest adventure. We've lived like this for many, many years, uh, especially in the financial realm. Uh, when we were on the mission field, we did not, by all, uh, um, what do you call that, uh, by the norms of, uh, of uh, foreign missions, we shouldn't have gone. We didn't have the funds to be on the mission field. Well, we went anyway. But God honored that faith. And Josette, many times, I don't know, at least three or four times that I know about, she, she would go to the ATM and uh, put, put the little plastic in there, knowing full well there's no money in the account. And that's kind of the principle of an ATM machine. You have money in the account, and you can withdraw from that. She went, no money in the account. And, you know, it was pretty easy to do the math. See, when you have nothing, it's easy to calculate, right? Okay. But she would go, and whatever she needed, sometimes $300, $400, and... The bills came up. To this day, we don't know how this happened. And we don't care. <laughs> but, but, I mean, we know nobody made any special deposits or something came in for... No, it never, it never, uh, it, it just happened. Amen? Amen? It's called living by faith. And it's the only way to fly. With or without a pulpit that oh, looks now. like an airplane. All right. <laughs> Ooh, praise God. Now, I want to I tell you about one last uh, box. And that's, a, that's one that concerns many of us. And it's a box that can keep us locked up for years and years and years. It's called the box of unforgiveness. Uh -oh. I, I know about that particular box because I was in it for many years, including my Christian life. I was, I was at the age of 30, after having been a Christian, a Christian for seven years, I finally forgave a very close, very close relative. But I could never forgive him before. Finally, I told God, I, I, I want to forgive. I know I'm supposed to, but I can't. I just can't. And you know what God's answer was? He said, you're absolutely right. You can't. I said, really? <laughs> I thought I was off the hook. He said, no, you can't, but I can't through you. And you know what? Once I, but see, I still had to give God permission to say, okay, I, I, I don't want to stay this way for the rest of my life. I want to be cleansed from this. I want to forgive. And you know, he did. And thank God. I forgave him because God gave me an opportunity to be right there the night before my dad died. I prayed the sinner's prayer with him that night at five in the morning. I had no idea. At five in the morning, he was gone. Had I not, I am convinced that if I had not forgiven him, God would have not, not given me the opportunity to pray for wow. him. Amen. I tell you, that is one box you don't want to be in. That's because it, it will affect you, but it will also affect everybody around you and it will affect everything that you do. Right. It will affect your, your walk with Christ. It will affect your family relationships. It will affect your, your working uh, relationships. It will affect everything. 
Amen? So uh, that's why if you're in that box, if you're watching online, uh, please, tonight, tonight, and, and I understand there are situations, and that was my case, you know, but it, it was humanly it was impossible to forgive that man. It was impossible. But God was able to forgive him through me when I gave God permission. So tonight, that's all you have to do. You may have tried, and it never, you, you know you haven't forgiven. Tonight, God is going to pour out his grace and give you the ability to forgive. And I'll tell you, it'll be a big load off of your life. Yes. I promise you. Yes. I promise you. Amen. 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 So all of these things have to do with getting out of our box. Uh, last scripture I want to use, well, I want to bring attention to it. In Luke 15, verse 17 through 18, and that's the story of the prodigal. Okay, you talk about somebody that put himself in a box. The first thing in this whole process of restoration, you know how it started? It said that he came to himself. He remembered where he had been, and he looked at the pigs, envying what they were eating. He said, there's something wrong with this picture. I, I, I'm, I'm just not going to go this way anymore. First thing, and that's for anything uh, that, that is maintained us in a box, we need to first realize we have been in a box. Right. You can't go anywhere unless you know where you are right now. Amen? So he realized, okay, that's it. Uh, I, I, he came to himself. Then he said, he said, that's called making a declaration. He declared, I will go to my father's house. Right. That's a great, that, those are two very important and necessary steps. But it doesn't stop there. Because many people realize where they're at, feel bad about it. They say, but I should do something about it. But then they never do. Uh -huh. This man put his feet in action. And he went towards the father's house. And that's when, and then the father did the rest of it. Right. Amen? Amen. So tonight, tonight, uh, I, I want us to do something. We are going to stand up. Please. You've been sitting long enough. You need to stretch your legs a little bit. Now, I'm not going to ask you to uh, at least not, not allow, you know, with, with your voice, uh, if you've been in a box. But we are going to close our eyes, and, and it's, it's going to be between you and the Lord. But if you realize and you identified one of those boxes that I mentioned tonight, or maybe another one, then uh, just, just raise your hand. Everybody with their eyes closed right now. Close your eyes. Nobody looking around. If you've been, you identified a box, praise God. Okay, now number two, then you have to decide that you want to come out of it. Amen? Now there's one box that at some time or another we were all in, and it was called the box of sin. So I think that that's the first box we need to come out of. Come out of darkness, come out of sin, Repent of our sin 
and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Maybe you're watching online. Uh, listen, tonight is your night. Today is the day of salvation. Today, right today, Jesus is ready to meet you. And if you've been in that box where uh, you, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it can begin tonight. Jesus will get you out of that box in Jesus' name. So we're all going to pray right now. We're going to pray the sinner's prayer to help those that have never uh, made that decision. Is that okay? All right? I like it because uh, the, the uh, prayer of salvation does not cancel the prior prayers of salvation we've made. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Father, I come to you. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I thank you for the price that you paid for me. For the remission of my sins. I repent of my sins. Sin, Satan, I do not serve you. Jesus, you are my Lord. And I will serve you. All the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Now, if you made that confession, make sure you, you share it with somebody that's near you, if you're in your living room, or find somebody that you can confess that decision to. Yes. What we're going to do over here, we're going to tell each other, Jesus is my Lord. Yes. Tell each other, person next to you, Jesus is my Lord. Hallelujah. Isn't it beautiful? He can be my Lord, but he can be your Lord too. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Then the last thing. I, I, I need to, uh, every eye closed, every head bowed. If, if you've been struggling with, uh, whether online or, or here in this auditorium, if you've been struggling with unforgiveness, tonight is a night to come out of that. Amen? Yes. Amen? So we're going to pray. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, yes. for deliverance. I thank you that we do not have to stay in this condition because you have paid the price so that we can be free of, of, of uh, unforgiveness, so that we can, we can be like you. You were on the cross. They were, they were piercing you, and you said right there in the middle of the suffering, you said, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Give us that kind of love. Only you can forgive yes. through us. Tonight, we give you permission. I give you permission to forgive through me. I set that person free and I am free from that person. And when I hear their name, it's not going to irritate me. It's not going to make me angry because I will have forgiven them with the forgiveness of Christ. Yes. And I thank you, Jesus, for doing this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Let's Amen. give the Lord a big hand. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.